And hello, welcome. This is my show. I'm Jake, and alongside me, Alex. Welcome to my show. He is, of course, the host of this week's episode of my show, brought to you by Adidas. Uh, the views expressed in this show are, do not necessarily reflect those of their sponsor, nor are they actually intended to reflect that we are actually affiliated with the sponsor in any way, shape, or form. Alex, how are you? I, you know, I got no complaints today. Today is a good day. Today is a good day. Today is a great day. Uh, it's the inaugural show, so uh, welcome to anyone who is listening. Uh, today we're we're tackling a sports topic. Uh, but this is in no way, shape, or form going to be a sports uh, podcast strictly. Uh, we're going to talk about a, a bevy of things, a litany, if you will, even if you won't. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, and this is going to be us uh, picking a topic. Uh, today, we're talking about playoffs. And uh, Alex, you know, first, first and foremost, I got this idea yesterday. We were texting back and forth. I thought, hey, that's a, that's a great topic for the show. And, uh, you know, first of all, my, my original thought on this is that the playoffs, are, the playoffs are pointless and they take too much time. What do you think? Well, well okay, so uh, I, I guess going back to the text messages that uh, apparently um, spawned this whole idea, um, I, I feel like multi-game series in sports take away from the the um the excitement uh almost especially especially you know when you look at the nba the nhl major league baseball they've got their seven game series which basically like it, it renders games one and two to me almost moot in that whoever wins whether it's the same team twice or they or they go back you know back and forth one and one or whatever there, there's no, there's there's nothing on the line yet, there, and that's the problem. You you look at the NFL or even like um, women's like like softball in college, and, and I think the WNBA where they're doing a three game series. It makes game one matter, and that's that's what I think I miss the most um, when it comes to these. Like I don't tune in for game one of of the NBA finals any year because it doesn't matter. We've seen plenty of teams overcome an, an 0-1 deficit to win a championship. I mean, you got the Lakers against the 76ers. You know, Allen Iverson looks like a god among men in game in game one, and then they lose the next four games straight. So who cares? That's that's my biggest gripe against playoffs. Now, now you make a, a valid point. I mean, there are two notable exceptions which have happened recently with the Chicago Cubs and uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But outside of that, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to go so far as to say that basically the second half of the season doesn't matter. If you look historically, we'll take baseball for instance. If you look after the All Star break, there's not a lot of change. Maybe one team slips into the wild card, but if unless a team gets really hot after the All Star break, nothing is changing. It's the same teams that are in the playoffs they're just moving positionings like there's no change and so it, it's basically renders half of a season moot it's the same thing with football how many of the how many of the divisions were decided by week eight this year i mean i don't i don't have like a like a it, scientific answer to tell you eight <laughs> or whatever but yeah like that's that's how it feels like you knew you know so early in in the nfl season you're like all right you know the the such you know the Patriots are winning their division. Move on. The Steelers are winning their division. Move on. The Cowboys are winning their division. Move on. Like it seems like unless it's a division full of the 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 you know the the crappy teams, if you will, um, 
you don't it's it's already it's it's over you know it's over like the NF the the was the NFC South where the Falcons came out of that division has a lot of turnover um uh, you know multiple teams have come out of that over and over and over again but there's so many divisions that have the the dynasty the Patriots are winning that every year the Dolphins stand no chance shut up and go home yeah basically like now now I. This this kind of feeds into my radical idea here, and we're going to step away from the playoffs for just a minute. Um, we're we're get, we we like games here on my show, and uh, one one game Alex and I like to play, whether or not he realizes it, is uh, I have an idea here, you make it better. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so here's my idea because I, I mean I I really don't want to get into a conversation about fantasy football right now. Because right now, that's the only reason anyone is watching Jacksonville versus Buffalo in December. That game doesn't matter. There's no reason for anyone to watch it other than fantasy football, and I hate fantasy football. But but if you have Tyrod Taylor, you got to watch that game. Exactly, and that's that's the problem. So, what's the solution? How do we make these games matter? Now, this is a multi-million dollar idea that could be a huge, that could be the biggest thing to ever happen in sports, or it could fail miserably. It could be the USFL. I'm calling for a massive expansion of the NFL. Move into Mexico City, move into Toronto, move into London, move into Oklahoma City. You got to find 12 cities that you're that you're scared to move into and put a football team there. You know why? Because after eight weeks of the season, the top 12 teams play for the the cha- season one championship. the The bottom teams play with the bottom 12 teams to form a new league. The top the top eight teams stay. The bottom 12. They stay relegated. It's about relegation. That's how you make these games matter. So, so how did I mean at that point? Uh, do do you get teams? Can you win the relegation league and then come back? Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're one of the, <clears throat> all you have to do is be in the top eighteen teams of the bottom of the bottom thirty of the total forty-two team league. To stay to have a shot to win the the league A championship. Okay, I mean, it's it's it'd be a tough expansion, obviously. To to go twelve teams in a single off season would be uh, miraculous to say the least. Um, I mean, it took them that long. It took them how long to get back to L.A., the, right. the second most profitable market in America. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, that's why I'm saying it's a, a risky move, and it, it would cost you millions of dollars, but the payoff on it could be billions. Because then so you, be, you, you become the International Football League. The International Football League, but nobody's going to call it the IFL. Um, I... I, I do we put team? Do they? Do that? We you were in charge now. I want you to know that we just became commissioner. Okay, so uh, we're, commissioner we're, of the we're, league. So we're in charge now. Do we put teams back in San Diego, St. Louis, Oakland? Like, is that a move? Just hey, now you guys have these new teams, and now we only have to go find nine other teams to bring to bring in. You know, Mexico City is an obvious one. Uh, Toronto's a good one. You go London because they apparently like the NFL one time a year. Um, <laughs> so so you're looking at, I mean, there's six. And then, Where else do you go? Like, it seems like they, I mean, the NFL has done a really great job outside of L.A. of tapping into every 
seemingly feasible market. I mean, Jacksonville, for God's sake, is still holding on to the Jaguars. So, what else do you do? Do you start? I o- mean, Oklahoma City for one. Oklahoma, okay. I, I mean, yeah, they like they like the Saints. That was that was true. They supported that. Um, I'm willing to bet you could put another team in Chicago. Mm, think only thing think about how many angry Bears fans. Think about how many angry Bears fans there are right now. Here, here's how it. Here's how I. Here's here's my counter to that. Still Bears fans. Yeah. Not angry fans. Angry Bears. Look, I mean, they loved the Cubs for 108 years of trash. Yeah. So I mean, they don't. They're not going to let go. Jay Cutler isn't scaring. Wasn't scaring anybody away from the Bears. <laughs> and 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 bringing in the Chicago asswipes isn't going to suddenly change their minds either. No one's jumping ship there. It'd be you know what I, like same with Minnesota. Minnesota as a state could probably support a second team also. But nobody's leaving the Vikings. That's true. But I mean, you could you split the difference and put a team in Milwaukee? No, you're not taking anybody away. You're not taking anybody away in Wisconsin from the Packers. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. I but, think I think so. Michigan has Detroit, which the only thing people in Detroit care about is, is the Lions, because um, they don't care about themselves clearly. And then <laughs> Minnesota's got the Vikings. With <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota's got the Vikings. Wisconsin's got the Packers. Illinois has the Bears, and you you have to focus on every other state. We, we took four off the table. You got 46 others to deal with here. <laughs> I, I mean, think that's the way expansion has to happen in the NFL. I, I, I mean, I think this is kind of how it has to go. Like, I just came up with, we just came up with six, and, like, the NFL is super jazzed, and they're, like, all behind this idea. Like, okay, now what about the next six? I think that's the inherent problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we submit this to Roger Goodell, and he goes, uh, yeah, next. And we're like, what? No, you, your turn. You help. He, looks, like, no, he, he doesn't do even. It. Yeah, he doesn't even look at the proposal. He just says, "What about the next six? <laughs> he just knows. He's like, "So you're saying give the the three that just lost teams teams back, and then uh, Mexico, Canada, and England. What else?" He's like, "How Oklahoma, do you know?" I like, like Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, and he's like, "Okay, that's one." <laughs> Next five, please. Yeah. I mean, uh, how could... about Albuquerque? No. And then you're just done. No. You're just out. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's got to be, there's got to be something. I mean, come on. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. They're not going to, no, they're all about the Huskers. Like you can't get, there's no pro football in the in the heartland of America. Okay. So, so we cut out the top four of the the Midwest, and now you're cutting out the rest of it. <laughs> so we're down to like eight states that matter enough to have. I mean, Wyoming's not getting one because there's eight people in the whole state, and they want to leave. <laughs> That's why it's so windy. I mean, what, Salt Lake City. I mean, do you think Salt? I mean, Salt Lake would probably support a football team. Yeah, as, as long as they're all white. They they supported the Olympics. I mean, come on. That's true. That's true. So okay, now we're You're down. Right. To, we're down to four. I mean, I, we we can go round around about this. I mean, there's we can put one in San Antonio. You can put one in Orlando. You know, just fill in fill in those cities that have baseball teams and and basketball teams that are only one team cities. You know, and, and put you know put put another team there. 
What if you throw another one in, like, Columbus? Oh, that'll get three now. Yeah. I mean, that would work. You, you get that Ohio thing going. I just, it just seems to me like Ohio as a state's already split between the the Browns and the Bengals. Let's let's confuse the shit out of them. Give them a third one. <laughs> just make the the AFC Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so Bingo. so okay. Of course, if we're talking about playoffs, though, what's what's the first thing that comes to mind if you say playoffs? I mean. The Rams, of course, to me. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> Playoffs? Oh, man, you got, I mean, you got to go there. It is, like, I'm surprised it took us this long. It took us, like, 12 minutes into the show to actually get to the, the Jim Mora playoffs moment. Uh, it's, uh, it's iconic, and it's one of the, the best, worst things that has ever happened in, in, in sports media. <laughs> Well, I think I think honestly, I mean that's it's it's so obvious that you have to slow play that as much as you can. Right. And I think it's twelve minutes. I think twelve minutes is the longest anyone can go discussing the playoffs without bringing up the rant. Like it's, I think that's it's probably some sort of law that we don't know about. It's written down somewhere. At thirteen minutes, cops show up at your house. Exactly. Shut down. They shut everything down. You're arrested. Like right now, Renton PD is outside my house, and they're standing down. They're like, stand down, stand down. He he mentioned it. He, they talked about it. It's all right. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody go home. And we know Renton PD is busy, so it's, it's clearly a priority. They know. They get it. They, they get it. They, they, know what, they know what life is about around here. <laughs> so, but, you know, I, I think you bring up a, a good point. I mean, outside of the notable exceptions, I mean – how how is it that these these series can be any better especially when you're looking at the NBA season here right we we knew who was going to be in the finals as soon as the playoffs started as soon as last season ended we knew what the finals were going to be so what was the point of the last of the chicanery of the past like 8 months to set up the draft lottery i mean why so those guys can never win a title because Steph and LeBron are going to do this for the next 4 years yeah, I mean it's 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 like we're we're drafting the stars of tomorrow's tomorrow, right? Because it, tomorrow is still Steph and LeBron. Like it's 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 Warriors, Cavs for the foreseeable future, and it it's not it, going anywhere, and that's the problem. Yeah, it's it the the problem is is it's almost it's this weird almost social study in in the workplace right like kobe the kobe bryants of the world didn't get their time to shine uh because the carl malones didn't give up the spotlight so those guys you know kobe may be held on too long because carl held on too long and held on to too much of his spotlight and so kobe held on too long and so now you know lebron and and Steph are paying the sins of Kobe Bryant. And now the next generation, the guys like Carl Anthony Towns, who's probably really good, but I've never watched him play because I don't know who he plays for. <laughs> right? Because he you've doesn't. Got, you've got all these stars ready to shine, but there's no light left for them. Yeah, they say Anthony Davis is the best center in the league. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> I think LeBron's the best center in the league. Yeah, LeBron's the best everything except point guard. And he's only not the best point guard because he can't shoot a 1,000% from three. Right? Like, 
Like, let's look at it this way. This NBA Finals is such a freaking sham. All right, this is a joke. The fact that it's like, hey, let's get rid of Harrison Barnes, who didn't do anything last year, and let's replace him with a former MVP with finals experience. And then let's see if we can take down those dastardly Cavaliers who stole our moment last year. Are you kidding me? If LeBron James finds a way to win this series for Cleveland, then he is a basketball cyborg, and like, I will never watch another game. Like, because it will never get better in that moment. It's like hitting a hole in one. It will never be better. I I agree. <laughs> I mean, I I think I think everyone who is potentially listening to this podcast, who is them. any any rational sports fan, which there are none. That's the beauty of sports. It's yeah, is irrational. But all the rational ones out there are going. Yep. Like, <laughs> I think what the NBA needs to do, I mean, and, and it, it's hard not to focus on the NBA because those finals are happening right now, and I, I don't think we have a viewer uh, base large enough to even talk about hockey before they turn it off. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so with the NBA, they need to limit the number of max contracts a team can have. I think it's, I think it's currently limited to, like, three because of just salary cap type issues, but then there's the bird clause and all that stuff where you're like, well, if you already had one, then we can give you another one, but there's some luxury tax that nobody cares about because all the owners are billionaires anyway thing. They should just make it like, you can only have two, period. Period. And stop this whole, I am the best player, and the NBA is full of a bunch of bros who all they do is get along and have fun together. So let's just call up my friends and we'll just pick the city that we want to go win a championship in. Like that's the issue. You look at the NFL and there's, there's unrestricted free agency and guys can go wherever they want after the contract's over, just like the NBA, but the teams are so big and there's such a def- like a definitive separation between offense and defense that you can't build the super team, you know, right. like you, you load up on offense, you pay all your offensive guys and great, you're going to score 35 points a game, but you can give up 36. So that stops that from happening. You load up on defense, and sure, I mean, we've had great defenses that have won Super Bowls before. You know, the Bears, the Steelers, the Ravens. You can make an argument Seahawks. for your Seahawks. I don't want to, though. <laughs> um, and that, that, I mean, it can happen, but even then it doesn't happen very often. It's, it's the well-rounded teams that can throw the ball, can run the ball, and stop the other team from scoring as a whole, that come out. The Patriots figure out a way. They've got Tom Brady is such a threat that basically any running back you plug in there, as long as he's healthy, is going to get 800 to 1,000 yards and carry, you know, and take just enough of the load off Tom Brady. And then you got Belichick, who might be the greatest defensive mind to ever stand behind a clipboard. And he can put it together, and that's why they come out. It's not that Tom Brady's just the greatest of all time and nothing he can do is wrong. He throws interceptions, he makes mistakes, just like every other quarterback. But the team is a, is a whole. They've, they've filled in every weakness. And that's the beauty of football is it's, it's the ultimate team sport because as a quarterback, you've got to stand on the sidelines and watch your defense win it or lose it for you. Well, nothing I, you can do about it. I think it's funny you bring that up. I remember um, I was talking to Danny O'Neill once. Shout out Danny O'Neill, and 
I was I was asking him what his memories were of the pick, you know, because he was on the sideline for that whole thing. And he's like, you know, the the funny part about it is all I remember standing there thinking was, man, I hope our defense doesn't give this thing away. Like <laughs> he's standing there on the sideline, and you know, of course, you know, Kenny Wheaton scores like he always does. But in that moment, like you said, if if you can't if you're the quarterback, there's nothing you can do about it. That's and, and that's what's funny about like Peyton Manning. I think has has said ad nauseum that uh, you know it's not me against him. Like he's not out there trying to stop me from throwing passes. We're not playing against each other. We're competing. You know, it's different. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. They they the the marketing always wants to build bill. I guess build the you know Rogers Brady final showdown. Or, or something like that. it's like Rogers and Brady have nothing to do with each other. Like I'm gonna yeah. throw my touchdowns, he's gonna throw his touchdowns, and at the end of the day, we're gonna compare scores. Like there's it's it's offense versus defense, and that that in in basketball, having to play both sides of the ball is part of what makes the sport beautiful. Is is the seamless transition from one to the other. But at the same time, if you're gonna let these superstars call other superstars and build their own teams. You you have seasons like this. I mean, to be quite honest, we talk about how you know last year we knew who was going to be the finals this year. I'd argue that two years ago we knew who were the finals were going to be last year. Like the this the Warriors even before their seventy three game season looked so good that you knew last season they were coming out the West. Yeah, and then this year same thing. And I mean, barring catastrophic injury. Next year, probably the same thing because they got all the same guys under all the same contracts. Yeah, no one's. Everyone's already gotten paid, and they're like, "Are you telling me that J.R. Smith's going to retire? All he has to do is like jog up and down the floor and shoot threes. Like that's that's like a dream job. Like he's not going to retire from that. There's a reason why Mike Miller hasn't retired yet because someone needs an old guy who can shoot a three. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's. I feel like you you say things so uh, like perfectly that it takes the wind out of the sails of this <laughs> ship in the Armada. But it, there's <laughs> the nothing Armada. left for me to say sometimes. Then yep, like, <laughs> yep. Well, you know. I mean, you. I mean, if Amon Shumpert branch off of it. If Amon Shumpert can is still like on the Cavs roster, he's not gonna like like willingly go anywhere else what's he supposed to do suck somewhere else no get paid and win championships because lebron is going to carry everybody yeah basically you're like oh i i just have to come out and play 10 minutes a night and play defense on a guy for a little bit and like if i score people are stoked cool yeah and then you turn around you got the warriors have 12 guys in one game score points and you realize it doesn't matter how much defense you play it's over yeah, I was watching. I watched the first couple couple quarters of that game last night, and I swear it was it was one of those games where Cleveland looked like they were trying to do everything they could to get out of the game to just lose. Like I've never seen a team commit that many turnovers that quickly. Like they had as many turnovers at one point as they had field goals. That is atrocious basketball, and you have to try to be that bad. Like I don't know what was going on. It's 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 that classic. Um, I, I, it, it feels like I, I'll, I'll admit I didn't watch the game because I didn't care because of all of the previous conversation we've had. Um, 
it sounds from all accounts of basketball fans I talked to throughout the day and everything that it was like LeBron said, I have to get everybody involved in order for us to win because strategically that makes the most sense. But the rest of his team said, no, 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 LeBron, you do it. Pretty much. That's the, that's the breakdown. That, that's like, that's almost what his, in every year of LeBron losing the finals, that seems to be the reason they lose. Is LeBron is such uh, a facilitator for everybody else. He knows he's going to get his. How does he get everyone else theirs? And the rest of the team goes, no, 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 you're the best in the world. You do it. I, and I, they fight against each other. I think it's going to be one of those things where I think especially if game two is close or even if they pull out a win, it's going to have to be because LeBron took the game over and he's going to realize, oh, right, these are the four games that I have to play the entire time as hard as I possibly can. Like it's, and like, and I think that's, that's really getting to the core of the problem is it's like, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have that opportunity to warm up. You know, there's no easing into the series. Just get it, get on with it. If, if you play think about this, if you play all seven games of all four series, that's another third of a season that you've played that year. And you might not even win the title. <laughs> you might not even win the title. And like, think about like, look at a guy like Shaquille O'Neal. Look at a guy like Kobe Bryant, especially a guy like LeBron James. LeBron James has been in the finals for seven consecutive seasons. Do you know how many years of his career have been stolen from us because of the ridiculous nature of the playoffs? I would, I would counter that with the argument that says they they've been stolen from us because of the ridiculous nature of the regular season. Nobody, nobody cares about basketball until football is over. The NBA season should start in December, end in July, and they should pay, play like 60-something games. There's no reason to play 82 games other than to give a team a shot at, at doing what the Bulls and subsequently the Warriors have done, which is win way too fucking many games. <laughs> and that's our first so, leap. I think I technically said the S word earlier, but I think we both just gloss over. So look for both of those. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll edit it out in post. <laughs> that that being said, I would say it's 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 like um, the the NHL plays eighty six games a season, and the playoffs are a madhouse. Right. Eight eight seeds are beating one seeds. You know they're going to game seven. You got teams that are down three one coming back to win. All of this craziness that is hockey is is fantastic. It makes for a better playoff scenario. Although I still agree that games like one and potentially two don't matter there either. I'm just saying like it's it's crazy. The you know I I don't even know I, I was watching the first game um, of the Penguins Predator series and they brought up that it's like. Uh, Wayne Gretzky was the last guy to lead the the league in scoring and win a Stanley Cup in the same year. You know how many times did the did the Vancouver Canucks win? You know have the best record, most points going into the playoffs, and then get booted in the second round. Like it's it's a it's a madhouse. So playing that many games, it's about matchups, right? And then you turn around, you look at the NBA, and 
nobody, everybody coasts through the first first half of the season up till the All Star break. You kind of settle into where you're at, and then you've got eight teams, potentially nine, because sometimes that nine seed will sneak in and, and overtake a an eight seed. But you've got eight eight to nine teams jockeying for position. You had the Cavs this year say point blank, we don't care about the one seed, and they phoned it in for the last ten games of the season. And, and then they steamrolled the one seed. Like, it, like the, yeah, when you. That. When you really break it down, I mean, how much does home court advantage matter? It it doesn't if you have LeBron. Right? Like, it, I, I can't imagine. I, I feel like home court advantage was a thing of the past, you know, back when the referees were dirty. Um, er, and, <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like that was more of a thing then, but I feel like in this uh, PG, you know, to borrow a term from wrestling, this PG term era of uh, basketball, it almost feels like, you know, there is no more home court advantage. They just want to see, you know, great games played on, on great courts. Also, it's a fact that guys don't, they just don't hate each other anymore. I mean, Isaiah Thomas... No. Isaiah Thomas got teeth knocked out and he was like, yeah, you know, I, I just, I guess I'm just going to have to go out and play hard. You know, it's like, it, could you imagine if Ron Harper's teeth had gotten knocked out in 1995 for the Bulls? Can you imagine what would have transpired after that? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you go back, I mean, you look at just that whole thing. I mean, uh, going all the way back to even like the, the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons where Guys would would fight each other during the game. Look at look at what was happening between Boston and Detroit back then. Like there was elbows, there's pushing, there's shoving, there's people being body slammed to the court, and there is no remorse for it at all. Yeah, and the refs are just like, "You all right? Okay." Hey. I mean, they I mean they might throw a technical out there if it's real real bad, but that was just part of the game. That was like, okay. Yeah, Lambeer body slams Bird, gets teed up for it, and says, "All right, I bet she doesn't come down the middle again." And, and then he I'll did. I'll give him two free ones. I'll give him two free ones, but he's not coming at me again. And when he did, it showed you the competition that was the the '80s and you know into the early '90s, like basketball. It was people who hated each other. Yeah, they, they wanted they they wanted to be the best. They didn't want to do it like and, and like I get it. Everyone's having this argument like, oh, you know, back when we were doing it, we didn't, you know, we just wanted to beat everybody. There wasn't any friends. And a lot of this is byproduct of social media and all these camps and these guys going to you know all these high school camps together. Then they go to the same college camps together, and you know everyone has everyone's phone number, you know, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's a byproduct of this era. But that's never that's that's not changing. Yeah, that's true. Like that's it's just not like everybody everybody plays AAU ball together. Everybody's you know they're all getting recruited by the 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 top guys. So you've got you've got players going to multiple campus visits probably at the same time, and then they pair off and this group goes to Duke and this group goes to Kentucky and this group goes to North Carolina and Kansas picks up theirs and then they all meet back during the draft. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, hey, where'd you go? Where do you want to meet in three years? <laughs> yeah, and they all just get to pick their favorite town in America and say, yeah, you know. I've always, I've always loved Cleveland's Milwaukee. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like... I mean, you get Cleveland. Like, LeBron's from Cleveland, but... 
Like, I I feel like you know what's it's funny to me. Like, the the Cavaliers came into this as the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of the world, and the underdog in the series. Well, yeah. How are they not? Everybody's an underdog. Look at what look at what the, the Warriors put together, and I mean that as in the players, because it wasn't the coach or the GM at all. Um, like as soon as as soon as last season ended, we all knew KD was leaving. Like there was, he said all the right things and wanted to make the fans feel good, but everybody knew that guy's not staying because they're never going to win. Yeah, and you could you can argue that KD is good enough and has 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 paid the price that it should take to win a championship. He stayed with with the Thunder through his first contract, his you know renegotiations and all of that. He tried to motivate them to put something together, and they just couldn't. And so he lebron his ass up to the Bay Area, which you can't blame him for. Like You can't. I mean, Oklahoma City picked Russell Westbrook, who will triple-double his way to losing a game every night, and it's no way to, to win, to compete. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he put together one of the single greatest seasons of all time and got eliminated in, what, the second, first round? I think it was the first round. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because uh, Harden went out in the second round. Right. And yeah. and apparently these two are supposed to be the, the two who are slated for the MVP. How are either one of them the most valuable player in a league? How is that possible? Uh, I don't know. I, it depends. I mean, what does it come down to? Most entertaining? Uh, evidently. They should, I mean, that's... But even even then, even then, I'd give that I'd give that award to Steph Curry. I mean, I love I love watching Steph Curry play basketball. I really do. I, I think he's a phenomenal player. I just hate the Warriors <laughs> so much. It, so much. And it's mostly Draymond Green. Well, yeah that that just makes sense. Well, I don't know. As a Seahawks fan, I think you'd like Draymond Green because he's basically the Richard Sherman of the NBA. Yeah. Except he actually made a play when it mattered. Well, there's that. I'm just saying, it, what it what it what it You're, comes down to to me, if we're going to focus just for a second on the MVP talk, and this goes for all sports, value to me means most likely to help a team get to a championship because that's the that's supposed to be the goal is winning a championship. And by those standards, in my opinion, LeBron James should have been the MVP since he took Cleveland to the finals and lost to the Spurs the first time. Like, seven for whatever years that ago. is, the last 10 years, seven years ago, whatever it was, LeBron James should be a back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back MVP. Like, he's the only guy in the league that you can put on any team, and that team is competing for a championship. Period. You take Steph Curry off the Warriors, and he doesn't have that support and that deep ass bench to to carry him, and sure he's probably going to knock down ten threes a night on a team that either doesn't make the playoffs or gets bounced out of the first round. Yeah, probably. Uh, did, was KD, it you that was it you that sent me that article about uh, what happened? There was a, a a company that simulated putting LeBron James on every team on NBA Two K Seventeen. And like pretty much every team made the playoffs with LeBron James on it. Um, it wasn't me who sent the article, but I, I, none of that surprises me to hear at all. Like LeBron James, 
might not be as good as Jordan, and that's probably mostly nostalgia talking, but he's clearly the best player in the league right now. And yeah. it's not it's not close. You can Steph Curry is an amazing athlete and a wonderful basketball player. LeBron James is head and shoulders above him and everybody else. As a roundness as a player, yeah, it's it's not even close. But so all this to say, I mean, football you can't you can't play more than one game. If you, I mean, you see what happens to teams when they have to play each other twice in a year. Like you, you imagine? Could you imagine a three-game series with the Chiefs and the Raiders after a two after oh. playing two games earlier in the year against each other? Could you imagine that? Dude. People would die. People would die in the stands and on the field. <laughs> Mostly in the stands. Yeah. Yes, also on the field. Like there, there's there's a, a riot squad of cops like waiting to break into that. But it doesn't even have to be hated rivals. Any pick any two teams, and if they have to play each other even once in the se- in, in normal, and then you get to the playoffs, and it's a three game series. By the end of those three games. Somebody's dying. Yeah, it's going to get dirty. It's going to get dirty fast. So clearly, you know, that's one. I, I feel like I, I like the way the NBA used to do it when the first round was five games. Because yeah. because if you are a one seed, you shouldn't need seven games to dust off the eight seed. You just shouldn't. I agree. <laughs> I mean, so... <laughs> that, was, that was it. And you, you have... I talk to people all the time, both neither of my younger brothers or I assume your younger brother even remember that they're, they're too old. They're too young to, to remember that to maybe even potentially be alive during that. But I remember when that was, it It was like you swept three games and you moved on or it turns into a real series. Yeah. And you found out real quick what was going to happen, whether it was going to be a real yeah. series or it was going, it was going to be a rollover. <laughs> But that and was if a- it's a rollover, you only have to make it through three games. You have to make it through the Bulls sweeping somebody in three games by 25 points a night for three nights, and it's over. And you just moved on, and you were you were okay with that. Now it's stressed out because the playoffs are where they make all their money. But I mean, the Warriors swept everybody. Yeah, the- and then they had this like nine and a half year long break between the end of their last series and the start of the finals. Well, no, I mean, let's not, let's not forget. I mean, it's not like Cleveland struggled through the playoffs either. They, they lost one game, which they should have won. They had like a 20 point lead and they're just like, you know what? Let's stop playing basketball. But I, I guess what it comes down to is, is your scheduling still has to account for the potential of seven games. So when you have both series end in four and five games, respectively, you've got forever before the finals actually start. And it's only so long that guys like you and me can run podcasts and guys on the radio can talk about basketball not happening before it starts happening again. It's how many times did people just have to say, well, this is what we were waiting for all season. Well, this is what we've been waiting for all season. And we're we're still still waiting. waiting. Exactly. We're still waiting. Like, okay, so are there, like, yeah, okay, Durant had his big finals moment. He's had those before when he lost to LeBron the first time. Like, and I feel like that's the biggest, the biggest, you know, thumbing of the nose of this whole thing is that they, they went and got Durant. It wasn't like they just went and got, you know, another superstar. They went and got Durant, the other guy 
that LeBron beat. Like they're they're building a super team to try to to avenge the losses that they suffered against LeBron. It's so funny. Well, and and can we for a second tell the world to stop raving about Durant having like six dunks in one game? The guy's six foot a million. Forgot this. <laughs> it's not. He can reach the rim without jumping, and we're supposed to freak out about that guy dunking? I get that he shoots more than he drives the lane and all that stuff, but how many of those dunks come off broken plays where nobody was even trying to stop him? Yeah, I, I mean, and I think that's that's more of the stat that people should be looking at is that, yeah, he got those six dunks. And I think that's the more meaningful stat is that, like, look, even Kevin Durant dunked on these guys six times. I think that's the, the heart of the stat, but that's not what anyone's getting. No one's getting the meaning. They're just saying, oh, he had six dunks. Like, it means something, but there's no context. You have to have the context. You have to have the context. Context I mean, always this is, matters. If this is Isaiah Thomas dunking on the Kev... This is a different story. This guy's shorter than I am, and I can tell you, I'm a short white dude. He can't dunk. And I can't dunk. So if, if, if he can dunk, which I don't think he can, but if he could, and he did, then we can talk about somebody dunking on the Cavs six times. Yeah. But when you're six foot, ten and a half, probably seven feet tall, but, you know, we all lie about our height and weight in the NBA, it's not impressive. It's just not. LeBron James was not even trying to guard KD during seven of those six dunks. It's like, I mean, and can you blame him? He has, he's out there already having to do everything. Like how much? Well, no, I don't. I, LeBron James, like him or not, he gets a pass on all of this because last season he single-handedly won the championship. You can say Kyrie hit his shots and all that stuff, but it was LeBron. LeBron leaves Miami, comes back to Cleveland and wills them to the finals that first year and turns around and wills them to a victory the next year. I remember right. I remember having a conversation with you about this, that there is no team in the league that is Kevin Love away from winning a title. No, there isn't. It, it, it's not possible. Kevin Love is, is a very, very above-average NBA player. Like, he clearly can handle his own in the league. He's done it before. But especially that first year and, and, and even last year, you're, you're Kevin Love. Like, you've got all of your crazy, ridiculous double-doubles in garbage time against teams that weren't playing defense while you're in Minnesota. Like, get over it. <laughs> Great. You had, you had 25 points and 20 rebounds, a bunch. Okay, well, I, could, I can rebound underneath a hoop where nobody else is standing. Yeah, because you're down by 15 points and they're just, you know, there's no offensive pressure. Right. It's there's there's nothing there and I mean, I don't know what the stat is, but I'm wondering how many of those rebounds were offensive rebounds. These I'm sure he snagged a whole bunch of defensive rebounds in in garbage time, turned around Went to the other end, got the ball passed back to him, and hit you know an elbow jumper because that's what Kevin Love does. Yeah, I mean, give me a guy like Kenneth Fareed. Like I, I, I still to this day wish the Blazers had drafted Kenneth Fareed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, give me a guy that that goes after it. That you know he's he's not going to do anything flashy, but he's going to dunk the ball on you and he's going to get you the ball back. He's going to get offensive boards and play tight defense. Like that's what I want out of yeah. power forward. I just don't, I don't understand basically like what happened to defense 
in the NBA. It's, it's become such a, if you score 30, I have to score 40 to show that I'm better than you. And in the nostalgic time of the 90s and 80s and, and, and farther back, it was, I'm going to score 30 and stop you from scoring 25. Exactly. It was Michael Duke. Jordan's defensive player five times in his career because he'd go out and score 40 and still have, you know, a, a steal and a half a game, maybe a block shot, a couple of rebounds, and shut his guy down. Lindsey Hunter, perfect example of that. But, uh, hey, so... It's been we've we've been rambling on here for about forty minutes or so. Um, what did we learn today? Did we learn anything? Um, I don't know, Dan Patrick. Uh, did we? <laughs> oh man, I haven't listened to Dan in a long time. I forgot that was his bit. I don't know. I listen to him every day. You need. Um, he's, I, he's I'm at work. I'm at work the entire time. I'm at work through his entire show. If only he put up like a podcast of his own that you could later download and listen to. Yeah, which you guys yeah. should do for my show that you just listened to, the inaugural episode. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, shout out Pretty Lights for the uh, the intro music. Uh, the song is Samso. It's uh, one of my favorites, and I'm sure it'll be one of yours. Um, any anything to add before before we hit our sign off? Um. Uh. Yeah. Playoffs need to get better. Yeah, get get good playoffs. Like we don't know what the answers are. You don't pay us for the answers. You just pay us for the questions. So, uh, so for this first inaugural episode of my show, I'm Jake. I'm Alex. And we'll see you next time. Good night, universe. Night.